welcome to another edition of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. I'm Kev and I've got the gang back together this month. I've got Tony and James with me. How are we chaps? Oh, yeah. yeah, good, good. And we're also joined this month by loyal Luton committee member Kev Rouse. Kev, thanks for joining us. Hope you're well. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, there's lots to talk about this month. Uh, we're going to go through all the usual stuff, but really and truly there's only one place to start. Um, we intimated the last time we did a proper full edition of the podcast uh, that we were expecting a claim for a JR by Capital and Regional Tony, and lo and behold, it has arrived. A disgusting move. I think everyone around this table is going to agree. But what's your, not initial thoughts on it, because it's happened two or three weeks ago, but what are your overriding thoughts on it? Not surprised by it at all. Um, <clears throat> I hoped that they would see sense and uh, not do it um, because uh, <clears throat> even before they did it, their, their standing with the people of Luton is was at a low, um, and I sense a lot of anger out there. I mean, I'm very angry about it myself. And uh, it's just another time-wasting tactic. Um, you know, they, they, they say they're, they're concerned about the uh, effect on the high street, but it, this is just purely all about competition, and they're just trying to protect their investment at the Marlowe Centre in Hemel Hempstead. That's what it's about. And if you look at the pre-action letter and the three points they've actually objected on, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I, I think CNR are now in a position where, you know, they've got no future in Luton. You know, it, 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 they've got to get out. They, it, it, they've clearly shown they don't care about this town or the people. They're letting the Arndale run down. Um, lack of investment, the so-called seven million that they were... Uh, trumpeting a little while ago they were going to but where's that gone this much vaunted feast street what's it got three outlets yeah whoopee do you know i'm very very angry about this as a lot of people are okay but it'd be good to get your thoughts on this actually because you're obviously a, a, a newbie to uh, the table um tony's just displayed his sort of anger at it but what's your sort of overriding thoughts and, and emotions um I, I go back to the thoughts of um when we had the meeting up at the High Town Club, um, where Ken Ford had come up for Capital Regional, yeah, this is the one that Justin Dearly organised. Yeah, through Justin Dearly, and um, you know the famous words that uh, that we're going to kick it into the long grass comes to to mind, and you know, so we've all been involved in this now for about three years about that, and basically they, they have kicked it into the long grass. Um, they've ignored virtually all our elected representatives starting from the MP, MPs down to the councillors and they're ignoring the community as well um, but they're also ignoring the football club they keep saying that they want to speak to the football club but we've got no evidence that they, they try and, and contact the football club I don't think they're even speaking to the council to be honest with you um, that's, a, that's what we're getting back um, and just uh, there's just a general disappointment which is building into anger, I think. Um, and I think it's important that, you know, that people listen to the supporters groups and the football club, the councillors and the MPs, not to go out and, you know, do something stupid out there because we don't want anybody getting into trouble. But, um, but that anger's got to be channeled somehow. And I think with the the supporters, club, supporters clubs, they're working on this at the moment, I think 
when when we start releasing stuff that we want to do. I think people will be able to buy into that. But I just don't understand Capital and Regional's kind of rationale. They're, they're turning into a toxic brand and have been for quite a while. And I can't see where they're going to go. I really don't. Um, if they do get a judge that can call it in and see some flaws within the process of what the council have gone through and it goes to JR, I, I can't see how they, they're going to win it. And it's going to be then another 18 months, you know, a million pounds worth of council taxpayers' money wasted when that money could have been directed, you know, to, we're hearing that scout, you know, scouts huts in, in Luton are being closed, there's, you know, OAP's um, facilities that are being restricted back, or this money could be used for that, rather than fighting something that's going to have no result at the end of it. And 18 months down the road, we're still, you know, we're still, we're still waiting because they could appeal. Um, and that's and that's the problem. They can appeal this decision. Um, so the words "we're going to kick it into the long grass" were very pathetic at the time. Although at the time we thought, no, that's not going to happen. But it is it is turning out to be that way. This could be five years, you know, in, in total before even a spade is put into the ground. So I I, I I don't get their rationale. I really don't. You know, it's um, I think Lawrence Hutchins. He should really. We've invited him no end of time yeah. to come to a public meeting up here and answer the people of Luton. Uh, Ken Ford, he came up, fair play to him, and he, and he, and he got out of here alive. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just people want to find out what his thinking is and what his board of directors are thinking. Because, you know, this is a, a one chance in a million that we've got with the football club to build something here. And they're jeopardising it. And they're not doing anything with the mouth. The mouth is is slowly in that you know cycle of death if you like it's going to close if it carries on the way it's going and if they lose any more anchor stores in there and we're hearing that Debenhams may go we you know we don't think Tesco's are going to reopen because they keep delaying and delaying and delaying so they're in a death spiral and we already know that the um, the footfall in the mail is down despite what they're saying it is down um, so you know it's it's, it's difficult I, I don't understand again I don't understand his rationale I don't I want to get him around the table and just say, like, you know, explain to us, you know, why Newlands is such a threat to the to the Mall, and we know it isn't. It's a threat to maybe the Marlows, and that's where they that's where they are putting their money. They're not putting their money into Luton. They they did say to us a, a while back that they were going to put a seven million pound investment into the Mall. Where did it go? And seven million pounds is a drop in the ocean to what what's needed in there. So I, I, I think they've spent a fair bit of it boarding places up, actually. That's where it's gone. James, we're going to come on to um, sort of further action uh, in a minute. But 11,000 people wrote into the council to support these plans. Uh, the council obviously saw this challenge and, to their credit, responded with a strong um, sort of letter and things, and that the, 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 they're going to fight this like you would expect them to do, like they've got to do. Um, so it's important that we kind of give our support to that in any in any and every way that we can yeah absolutely I echo what the boys have just said I'm absolutely fed up of it three years is too long and for Kevin there to say it could be five and it could be it just fills me with dread really um, everyone in this town has done the right thing we've all got together the council have agreed it that record number of people writing to the council in the first place three years ago saying they wanted it it's desperately needed. Everybody can see it. You've got people in this town who would, who refuse to shop in here in, in the town centre anyway. That 
they they go to Milton Keynes or Watford or London because they're not going to get what they need here. And they still won't get what they need because CNR have admitted that that shopping centre is a needs-based uh, outlet. So you're going to go there for the stuff you need, shower gel and bread and butter and whatever. The one at Newlands Park is to stop people going out of the town, to stop people going to Milton Keynes, where they know if they go to Milton Keynes, the food options are amazing. Uh, you can shop in some uh, better establishments. I'm looking a bit blank here because I don't really do shopping. But <laughs> I'm told they've got better shops. <laughs> um, uh, and that's the whole point of it. It's, it's 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 not a threat to them all. It's a saviour for the town because our own people are leaving whenever they want to do something, whether that's shopping, whether that's entertainment. They're just get, they're going out of the town, so that money does not stay in our town. There's no hope of uh, there being any sort of economic uplift or a boost because it goes out and it leaks. That's the whole point of this. Keep to. Newlands Park is to keep it in and then once it's in you've got power court the mall will still be there it will act as a catalyst for regeneration all over the place to bring this town up and it's what it needs and everybody can see it CNR know it but like uh, like the boys said they've got other interests and they're trying to protect them and Kev obviously this is a much bigger issue than just the football club <clears throat> it's you know obviously it's about the town of Luton itself but it is doing a huge effect on the football club obviously we could near enough be in power court by now if it was all agreed and done as quickly as uh, you know as it could have been but also Gary Sweet in his programme notes for the Nottingham Forest game hinted that now this further delay and the challenges that come with it are actually going to impact or potentially impact our transfer budget in January something that the football team needs obviously in order to stay at the level that we're at when power court eventually comes to push us even further it's just not on no. Well, that's right. I mean, it, it, you wouldn't think that um, a plan and application such as this would affect the football club in, in such a way after three years of going through the tree call, if you like, coming through the other end with a planning permission for Power Court and Newlands, and then for Gary to turn around and say that this is going to impact us in the January you know, transfer window, or potentially. Um, but what do you do? You have, to, you have to defend your corner. And, you know... It was mentioned there about the uh, eleven thousand people writing in. I mean, that's a huge support. You know, it's um, the some, biggest some bit, precedent. What, what it is, it's, it's the biggest um, backing for a planning application that has ever been for a football stadium. You know, eleven thousand people. So, you know, those eleven thousand people aren't going to go away. In actual fact, that's probably increased. Mm. Don't know, threefold, fourfold. I don't know. But yeah, to to affect the club, it's. Um, I don't know how Gary's going to you know, square that circle. I mean, we just, we, he's just going to have to go through the process. He's got no choice unless the judge or, or I don't know, I'm not sure the, the, the process of um, putting a, an application thing, um, application in, I think goes to court first, they decide, and then, then they pass it up to a judge. So it goes... I think that's I the think process. It goes uh, to a judge to decide whether it will go forward. For, right, so yeah. And, if, it, and if, he, if he throws it out... You think you think brilliant, but no, they can appeal, mm. and that's when eighteen months kicks in. Right, probably yeah. the best option, but it's it's a it's a fifty fifty. Well, you never know what the mm. case is, but it's it's more risky is for him to put it through to a JR, and then if 
uh, that process goes through and they throw it out, then that's the end of it. Mm. So, um, I mean, this uh, this whole thing is is like a dark cloud hanging over the football club. It's a, it's a dark cloud hanging over the whole of Luton, um, and we all know that if we get you know the stadium that's been designed down at Power Court, we're going to kick on to the next level. Um, and there's all sorts of things that they can do with the stadium for the future, you know, for the future expanding it and everything else. So this is you know this is an absolute must. If if this fails, I mean, I don't know what Plan B is. Um, I hope there is a Plan B. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's up to the likes of you, me, both our organisations and the people of Luton to make sure that this doesn't fail. Well, I mean, we always say in Royal Luton, every battle we've gone into we've never lost and this is a battle that we're not going to lose. This is the most important one out of all the ones that we've been, been through in the last, well, since we've been formed in 1990. Um, this is the most important because it's not, it's, it's not just about the football club, it's about the, the centre of the town itself. Because I can't see Capital and Regional putting the money in that they need. Um, but what I can see, this is from my own personal uh, point of view, is that they'll probably collapse half the Arndale and build two tower blocks on it like they're doing down in Walthamstow. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the way they're going. Mm. Um, they haven't got the money to uh, to do anything with it. They're, they're profits, they're national profits, and not very big. And don't for, don't uh, forget you know. this, this um, takeover. Yeah. Um, they've got their EGM... Uh, coming up in a few weeks to ratify this takeover from uh, one of the biggest South African property company, Growth Point. And it makes you wonder if, if they know fully what's going on and what they're getting into. I mean, I, I, I look at it, and, and, and one of the things that I, I find particularly annoying is how much Capital Regional put into all their blurb about how they're at the heart of the community they they're working for the for the community and the sheer hypocrisy they're not you know they you know they're doing everything in their power to do down the community of Luton and it, it's actually made me wonder it, it, it you know if, if it's plainly obvious they're, they're acting against the community of Luton, what the community of Luton wants. So is there possibility of possible grounds for the council to terminate their lease? Mm. You know, I, I think if people want to do something, um, write into the council and, 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 and demand that they terminate Capital and Regional's lease. Mm. You know, I don't know if there's legal grounds for it, if it could be done or anything like that, or even, you know... A lot of um, councils, local authorities, have been actually buying back their shopping centres. Is that something Luton Borough Council could look at and do? You know, I, I think, you know, the powers of people have got to look at every means at their disposal to try and sort this problem out. I think with the with um, Capital and Regional, it's in their DNA to not listen to communities, even though if you read their blurb, uh, their blurb um, it's always about engagement with communities and with this and with that. But down in Walthamstow, they've, they've, they've had a, 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 the same kind of battle as what they had in Luton. You know, they want to mm. build two tower blocks on top of their mail. They want to, you know, chop down 100 lime trees that have been there over 100 years. They're going against the communities down there. They've had 3,000 people out in a demonstration in the, in the square there, and they're just ignoring them. So I, I think it's in the DNA of this of this company not to listen, although they say that we're at the heart of communities. But if you if you also read what they say, they say they want to dominate. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're dominating. They're trying to dominate the agenda in Luton, which is getting very political as well. Um 
and and they've done the same in Walthamstow. They've they've managed to get the council on board down there, and the council are not even listening to their own residents and their own you know the people that will vote them in. Um, so I think it's in their DNA. They just do not listen. You know they um, they could benefit quite easily from Newlands and Power, especially Power Court, mm. with the footfall coming through. You know, I, I just again, I, I'm I'm stuck for words to to say how I, you know why are they doing this? I don't understand it. Yeah, I'd I, agree with. The, I, I, I agree take with that. yeah, I take great exception um, to a company that's uh, based in London is now effectively owned by South Africans with an Australian chief executive running the company who've registered the Arndale um, in Jersey um, dictating to the people of Luton and you know their actions are going to drastically increase our council tax you know it's put our council in a very very difficult position because they've got to fight that corner they've got to fund it and as Kev said earlier um, the services that are going to be cut and it's something that the population of this town can do without mm. we want hope we want you know a bright future which these schemes will bring us not degradation and despair brought on by a, foreign, a bunch of foreigners and that message is something that uh, the Trust and Loyal Luton combined have put out uh, in a series of statements in recent times. And chaps, I just want to get your views on a couple of feedback topics that we've had f- uh, from those from those statements. First of all, for people who don't understand how this whole system and this whole kind of network thing works, does the upcoming election have anything on this particular thing now? Well, there, we are, there are one or two that replied asking that question, so yeah, let's um, put the record straight. We've had great support from both the sitting MPs in Luton, um, you know, and, and as organisations, we want to know that the people standing in the forthcoming elections, um, where they're, uh, where they stand on these developments, um, you know, one of the, you know, the, the Labour. Um, the Liberal Democrats have been in favour of the scheme. It was somewhat disappointing at the planning meetings that the, the, the Conservatives abstained, but we'd like to hear from their candidates, you know, are they in favour of these schemes or not? Because we need that political support. You know, OK, uh, the, the planning permission's there. That's not going to change. You know, the Secretary of State didn't call the plans and approve them. And, you know, they would be thoroughly scrutinised by that department. But we would like to know where they stand. James, you'll be going to the polling offices three weeks' time. Um, The candidates that are behind this and that we're known behind that, is that likely to give them an an edge in the votes? In the voting, sorry? Um, I don't know. I think there are probably bigger factors outside of this outside of the town nationally that are going to play more of a part in the election um, don't it, say the B word <laughs> do not say the B word we're not going to say the B word but um, we're recording this on the day that Labour launched their manifesto for instance and if you um, if you like that <laughs> then vote for that 
Very diplomatic. <laughs> very, very diplomatic. Uh, the other one then, chaps, that uh, I want to come on to, this has been a much stronger reaction from the people of Luton, Luton fans and everyone that has uh, seen and read our statements. Incidentally, if you've not seen them or read them, they are on both of our websites, social media feeds and, and everything else. Uh, do um, check them out because there are some strong messages in there. The talk of boycotting the man, Tony, you can go first on this. I'm going to come to James in a minute because I know... I know there's already a message out there on this one, but um, we're not, we as the Trust and Law Luton are not advocating a boycott of the mayor. Just explain why. Um, because the people who work in the Arndale and the businesses there are not our enemy, and we're not in the business of hurting our own. Um, I, I certainly feel that um, boycotting would only hurt those people and it would be counterproductive in the end anyway um, I fully believe that Capital Region thought we'd try to do that and yes it was talked about in the, in, in the past but we feel that no that, that would be the wrong route to go now it, it, it doesn't mean that we won't um, how, how can I word this we, we, we won't be making our presence felt at the Arndale um, that's an option that we've got but no to anybody who, who works in the Arndale we're not calling for that if on an individual basis if people feel that's what they want to do that's down to them you know, I, I, I know there are people who don't go, to, don't go in there too much. Where you can start to influence is to do things like if you're going into town to shop, use Power Court. You know, use Power Court. Um, you know, that has the benefit of putting money into the football club as well. Um, you know, and if, you, if you remember, if you park at Power Court and you go into the new club shop, you get, you know, I think it should be spend over a tenner, you get your car parking back. So that's got to be worth something, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Kev, this is probably a sort of closer to home issue with you, with a um, family member working in the mouse. So you're probably uh, keen not to advocate this boycott as much as anyone, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, not only that, but I think we took that stance a long time ago that we would not harm our own people. And some of those people that work in there are Luton Town supporters. Uh, so we're not in the business of making people redundant. Um, I think it's the right it's the right move not to put, um, issue a boycott. There are other things that we can do, and there are other things that are coming up. Um, there is something that we're working on that um, will help the council, but not capital and regional. Um, but I won't say at the moment because we're looking into it. But um, yeah, I mean, as, as Tony says, look, going to the you know Luton Town shop spend a turn you get your money back for the car park power court car park actually is absolutely rammed uh, you can't get in there now yeah. when it first opened you can get in there it was fine but you know they've opened up the whole site now well majority of the site um so it's very popular um i'm hoping that's hurting capital regional mm. i really do i think you know people ought to be aware as well that the businesses in the Arndale are under enough pressure as it is mm. um, especially with the exorbitant unreasonable rents that Absolute, yeah. capital and regional are charging the businesses mm. in there so um, let, let's not make it any harder for those people see I, I do get that distinct feeling that there is a, there is a push by capital and regional just to keep the, the rents 
artificially high mm-hmm. so that you know that they will move out there is empty units in there then they've got the argument like i said before the tower blocks they collapse half the tower half the yarn down and build the tower blocks on there or whatever they want to build on there i think that they are loot they are trying to move out of retail uh, although they own is it 11 other males in 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 the country eight in um, total is it eight is it mm. all right mm. so i don't know i mean in luton um yeah it's um I just get that distinct feeling, you know, they said they were going to spend that money. Where did that money go? It wasn't enough anyway when they first, you know, said to us about it because we laughed at them. Yeah. Seven million pounds, you're going to just move some pot plants about. You're going to need a lot more than that. But that's not forthcoming. So, you know, what is the real, what is the real plan behind it, you know? Um, I, I, I think, honestly, with what they're doing, they're, they're actually showing themselves to be the uncaring unfeeling unempathetic you know cold face of capitalism that, that's what it is well, it, well, it's all yeah. about protecting profit well every that's time what it is. well every time you know they didn't even come to the planning meetings did they you know two mm-hmm. planning meetings one for Newlands one for Power Court didn't turn up for that um, sent a letter yeah, they sent a letter yeah but they they did send people up there there were people in the audience we knew they were from Cambridge Regional they were making notes they were reporting back to Lawrence Hutchins but um, you know every time you know that the, I mean the council have told us that they, you know, they're not talking to them um, but we've asked on a regular basis on all social media sites you know and even you know, it's sent been emails and, as well yeah and look at look when Justin Dooley from Free Counties went down there <laughs> yeah. he went down there to talk to he wouldn't talk to him yeah, he just yeah. walked straight past him yeah. so it just shows you they don't care yeah the disdain of this group is yeah. um, really really what but again I mean I must say about the boycott though I mean it is important that you know if, if people individually want to do and not go in there that's fine but um, the two sports organisations mm. are not going to advocate you know a mass boycott of the, of the, of the Arndale because it, it's counterproductive in our view absolutely and, and actually James Save Our Town said much along the same lines last week uh, when they advocated what the two chaps said about making sure you use Power Court as a car park or, or rather don't use the uh, car parks in the map yeah, oh, uh, call it what you yeah, want. for much the same reason, really. But we're getting a lot of people saying what we need now is a boycott, and you just can't, in good conscience, for what the boys have just said, do that to our own people. Um, and as it turns out, actually, that's not that's not going to affect CNR in the slightest because that's not where they make their money. They make their money from these exorbitant rents, and they make their money from car parks. So. I don't know if there's anything you can do to affect the rents, but there's certainly a thing you can do for the car parks, and that's not parking them. Um, if you take a Saturday, for instance, it's all all day parking in the three mall car parks, costs you eight quid, power court's £2.40. And there are council-run uh, uh, ones as well. Mm-hmm. So, like Kev said, power court's really busy now, it's popular. If that's full, go to a council-run one, because they're on our side. But just don't park in in there. It it it's it's rudimentary mass, but it's roughly about forty percent of their profit car parks nationally, um, admittedly. But um, as as Tony said, you know they're all about the profit. They're all about the money. So if you could start hitting that, maybe that would make them sit up and listen a little bit. Because nothing else is. Every everything else we've done, asking them down. Uh, trying to go there and speak to them, writing letters, uh, appealing to them through other ways. 
it doesn't work. They just it's just uh, they give you the cold shoulder. They don't even give you that. They don't even answer you. It's actually a it's a PR disaster. I don't know who is advising them on this, but it is. And I think Tony said it at the beginning that their stand in the town is it's just nothing now. And who's advising them? That's a good idea. I don't I, I don't get it myself, but. Mm. Don't well, don't park in the mall car parks. Yeah, don't don't add to Mr. Hutchinson's exorbitant salary. Yeah, four hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds a year. Yeah, I just—it's just something that sprang to mind there while you were talking. How about. much are they playing their cleaners? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we went down to the AGM, was it last year or the year before? I can't mm. remember now. And uh, with the non-engagement of talking to people, and and they left through the back door. Mm. And that set that's set the scene ever since. They they just will not speak to us. Um, I, I don't know why. We're not. They, they, they just kept, they're just proving themselves time and time again through doing that, through uh, not coming to the planning meetings, um, through not accepting an invitation to come and talk to the people. They're just showing themselves up for the cowards they are. Mm. It's also because they haven't got an argument against yeah. it and. Mm. Actually, the, the one time that Lawrence Hutchins has gone on the record and he spoke to Justin Dealey about him, Justin tore him, a pe- t- yeah. tore him to pieces because he hasn't got an argument. They haven't got an argument. They know it. And when when somebody doesn't front up to you and try and explain their actions, that's the only logical conclusion you can come to. Exactly. If, mm. if you believe what you're saying, mm. come and talk to us. Mm. Come and explain it, as Kev said earlier. Mm. Otherwise, you know... It speaks volumes about you. Absolutely, we're nice people. By the way, on the car park in front, um, like we've alluded to, that that their investment they're really trying to protect is the one in Hemel. Don't park there either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and there's ones in Blackburn, Walthamstow, yeah. uh, other parts of London. Um, maybe when you put the the episode out, you should put the list of where they are in the in the po- podcast feed. Mm. If you happen to be there and you need to go shopping, or you know someone that lives in those towns, tell them not to park in their car parks and hit them. Yeah. See, it, it speaks volumes as well when you think about it, actually. The um, the one shopping centre that is up and running and that should feel threatened by Newlands Park is probably the centre MK. Yeah, it's interesting to know that Into, and Into at, at Watford... And they're the, they're, they're the biggest retail group in the country yeah. as well, by the they way. Didn't object. Didn't object. Well, there's, a, there's another retail park in Luton on, on Gypsy Lane. Gypsy Lane. Which you cannot even get into now. Mm. It is so full. Yeah. And you've got all the shops you probably need down there. And it's, you know, it's so popular. But Capital Regional never mentioned them by name. They've never objected. They've never objected to any shops going on there. Next has moved into there now. And they've never objected to it. So... There is, is it just a, is it, I don't know, is it a hatred of, of the football club itself? I don't know. Is it, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But why not mention something that's less than two miles away? Yeah. It's, it's going to be closer than a Newlands Park will be. Oh, and yeah. it's there now. And it's, yeah. it's probably taking yeah. people away from, from the But they've never there. mentioned it. Not no. once. It, it's also interesting that the owner of Gypsy Lane, Motel, haven't objected to no. Newlands Park either. No. No. Well, you mentioned Milton Keynes, and actually, if you drive around Milton Keynes, the only things you can see are roundabouts and shopping centres, and there's a few of them. There's the centre yeah, yeah. <laughs> MK, and then there's loads of little retail parks dotted around, and yeah. they seem to be doing fine yeah. for themselves. 
Mm-hmm. Just wrapping this up, then uh, we're all incredibly angry at the um, actions of CNR. I'm fuming, and, and, and you know, and rightly so. Um, we are working hard behind the scenes to um, plot the next step, so to speak, that will be revealed in statements and posts on social media and on our websites uh, in the coming weeks and months. So do keep an eye out on all of that. And once again, let me just reiterate both. Well, all supporters groups really appreciate the support that you're giving us, the backing that you're giving us and the response that you're giving us and um, we'd like that to continue. Before we go on to the football front itself, uh, I was sent a message um, a few weeks ago asking us to publicise a local um, startup that's happening in the new year. It's Man V Fat Football. Uh, if you're thinking of um, losing weight in the new year after indulging in Christmas, so to speak. Uh, Man v Fat Football is um, running a regular football league at the Lee Manor Recreation Centre on Monday evenings. Uh, you've got six-a-side football there, uh, nutrition and diet advice uh, and much more. If you're interested in that, visit their website www.manvfatfootball.org and away from um, men, James, the ladies were in action last weekend in the cup uh, they gave Bedford a good wallop in 7-1 uh, which was a good bounce back to going out of the FA Cup actually at Wolves, no shame in that whatsoever but it's good to see the ladies doing well Yeah, they thumped them didn't they, 7-1 uh, fair play, they beat them before in the league as well uh, and so the, yeah they're going really well um, once once you know, you talk about the magic of the FA Cup in the men's game. Um, once the women's teams from lower down the division get into the uh, get into the same pitch as Premier League teams or professional teams, then there's probably next to no chance that there's going to be any um, any upset there because the the, the girls and the women, sorry, for those teams train every day. Um, they're paid professionals. The the Luton team are all amateurs and don't get paid they just do it for the love of it so uh, there's no shame in that like you say but um, their main goal is always to get promoted out of the league and get back into the um, national leagues so uh, uh, a 7-1 a result against your nearest rival is going to be a decent um, decent way to get back on the horse absolutely and as always we wish them well uh, with that quest Right, let's talk football, chaps. Um, actually, this is a bit of a rarity this month because it's the first time really since we've done this podcast that the town have had a horrendous month of um, results. Uh, it started so well, actually, though, Kev, when um, Bristol City came to town. A uh, bit of a showboaty, flamboyant sort of reputation, but they got shown um, just what Luton could do that day. Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game, but I, I, don't, I don't know what's happened since then. Um, I went down to Reading. And um, the performances from that game to this, well, the last one is chalk and cheese. It was, wasn't it? I, I don't know if it's because it was raining. I'm not sure. It's <laughs> um, been a theme of, of a few of the most recent ones, hasn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what. Um, I don't know what's really going on. Um, I think it was quite interesting when Jones turned around and said that he, he used every single player now in the championship. And we're into November, and do we really know our formation? Do we really know our squad? Um, um, Danny's Danny's back, isn't he? Apparently, um, Danny Hill. Danny Hill, yeah. But is he gonna is he gonna play him? I don't know. It's 
it's all up in the air, isn't it? I don't think anybody can really say what's really going wrong. Um, well, we'll come on to Graham Jones in a minute because I want to really focus on him because there's been a lot of social media attention on him and we'll discuss that in a moment. But Tony, your thoughts on that Bristol City game? Well, be in honest, particular, you, actually, the first goal. We need to acknowledge the first goal that afternoon for Pelly Rudder. Um, if I, I'm, I'm being honest, I, I, I wasn't at the Bristol City game. <coughs> That's why we won. <laughs> I'm not going to mention what I was doing. He missed the Leeds game on Saturday. It wasn't particularly pleasant. <laughs> um, but having... In your hospital bed, was you? Uh, did you have the rape, did, you have Pits, did you have Pitsy describing the action to you? Yeah, and Pitsy, to be fair, gave gave me a shout out. So uh, I, 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 I was grateful to Simon for that. Um, but obviously, I've, I've, I have watched it um, on the uh, the podcast, uh, the broadcast on uh, WhatsApp. Uh, not WhatsApp on uh, iPhone. Oh God! Um, and. Uh, it was a, a good performance. I think it, I remember the podcast before it. We were saying we, we, we would be happy. You, you, could, you couldn't believe we were going to get anything from that game. I yeah, think it was and um, well, they hadn't lost since it, it, the first day of the season, did they? I, mm. I, it looked like a tremendous performance, but what a goal by Pelic! Yeah. Oh, what a what a banger as he described it. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody would be absolutely. F- over the moon use a cliche to, to actually score a goal like that I had a great view of that actually yeah. it was right in line you could see it curling all the way from, mm. from the press box it was a great strike that's how good it was, was it? none of the main stand posts got in the way uh, yeah yeah. no you knew it was in as soon as he hit it to be honest it just had that thing it about is, it. isn't it great that he's, he's, he's now scored in every division mm. he's played in which is only, only player ever to do it second yeah. goal was good as well for the kind of assist from Izzy Brown, actually, we made a big thing about Izzy Brown in the last podcast. Put Cornick through. We're going to speak about Harry Cornick in detail again as well, but lovely finish and put the game to bed, really. Yeah, um, that shows what Izzy Brown can do. Uh, before the international break, certainly, well, you wrote a column about it, didn't you? For thing, he, he was the top assister in the league, um, and that probably went. That probably why Jones uh, said he's vital. For, for Luton's chances this season and that's what that was about wasn't it <laughs> pretty much yeah I mean he kind of showed that in the following game as well didn't he because yeah. against Fulham everything that was good about us that night and, and actually there were some good things about us that night there were some some really questionable and sort of dodgy things about us that night you know we could have been five six seven down at half time but for James I, 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 I thought Fulham looked really impressive but all the yeah I did too but all the good things that night from a Luton point of view all came through Izzy Brown he set Collins up for a couple of chances in the first half he put Harry Cornick through towards the start of the second half he set up um, Dan Potts's goal you know he showed the class that he's got well, I, I, I was frustrating with um, with Pelly and uh, this new guy Izzy coming in. I mean, um, you can see the class that they've got with Pelly. Is he inconsistent? You know, can he play at this level at a consistent level? You know, it's all right popping up, you know, every couple of games and then disappearing again. The same with with Izzy with his injuries and stuff like that. Um, and when when uh, Graham Jones turned around and said that, you know, Izzy Brown's central to us probably staying up, maybe. But they've got to try and keep him fit as well, um, and he is prone to injury, isn't he? That's why you know he's, he's playing with us, I suppose. But um, with Pelly, he frustrates the hell out of me at times. He really does, and he, he can score a great goal, you know, Bristol City, and then the next couple of games he'll disappear. In, I think where is it, you know, if you look back to all the time he's been with us, 
I think each season, Penny seems to be a slow starter. Mm. But once he gets going, you know, then you, you, you start to see, actually, that he is actually a class act. You know, and uh, you, you see supporters knocking players that don't like players. But when you have other clubs sniffing around and looking at them, and they know more about football than any support will ever do. So, you know, he can't be doing that badly. Depends on what you want from him, doesn't yeah. he? He never really had... He moved about so much, you could never really tell maybe where his best position was. Like I once thought it was maybe at the t- tip of the diamond. I don't think that anymore. But he's apart from that goal he scored, he's certainly no goal-scoring midfielder. So mm. it's what you want from him, really, isn't it? I, I, I think this period, probably last season and now, seems to be the first time he's really had a settled position. Because, I mean, when he came, he was a centre-half. <laughs> Then the, he's played fullback. He's played uh, all across the middle. Uh, he's even played on the wing. He, he, he was even tried up front at one time. Wasn't and he? if James Shea weren't any good, we may have advocated him going in goal as well. I don't know him. He, 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 he came on for the second half against Croatia and he kept a clean sheet. He did, it? and well done to uh, yeah. Mr. Sluger for that. Absolutely. Uh, let's just gloss over the last three games. There's been absolutely nothing memorable about any of them. Just dire. The last, the last game at Reading was just particularly bad. The worst of the lot. Yeah. It was really bad. Everything about it, apart from maybe the journey. <laughs> the, the stadium in the middle of nowhere is like exactly what you don't want from Power Court. I thought. I remember halfway through that game, watching. I think had they been out on the pest the night before. You know, um, there was just nothing. There's no. Urgency, you know. The, 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 you think we're in the championship? We haven't got the budget of other clubs, you know. So in order to compete with them, we've got to put in more effort. We, we've we've got to fight. Mm. But that was lacking. There was just well, there was nothing going forward, and that's because James Collins was played as a number ten, and it's clear that he's not a number ten mm. as much as we love him. His role is to be in the box and stick the ball away, and uh, he was getting that service last year from James and James Justin and Stacey, and it's not there anymore. Mm. And Lou and R, we said it before, they are still suffering and still trying to figure out how to be a team without those players in. They're a massive loss. Yeah, definitely. But I, th- I think it's very frustrating. As you can see when we do make a breakthrough and, and, and you get a cross into the box because there's nobody there. Yeah, because usually that, Collins yeah, exactly. is out there. And, and, and because he's such a threat in the six-yard box. Mm. You know, but even... And I'm, I'm, I'm loath to criticise Collins because I think he epitomises what we're about with the effort and everything that he puts in. But even when he's had a few chances, he's been a bit wayward with them, hasn't he? So, I... I <laughs> I think it's so frustrating at the moment, and, and you know when you when you think about supporters who pay a lot of money to follow them away, uh, and especially in the conditions that were at Reading, it was freezing, it was pouring down with rain, and then your team doesn't turn up. And Reading had a drum. Oh, no, they, they had two drums. Yeah, they did have two. Oh, and gold God. music. They're yeah. everything that's wrong with modern football. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. There's a team oh, that have got gold music. Yeah. Town defenders, please, please, please keep a clean sheet because that is a scourge of football, mate. <laughs> oh, oh. 
Look, if you look at the stats, and I know, I know the club buy-in um, statisticians, don't they? And they, they love their stats. Um, we had the majority of the stats, didn't we? But it doesn't matter on the day if you're going to lose. You know, That's the thing. It doesn't mean anything, does when it? When you lose, it's 10 years. Uh, um, the only stats the one yeah. in the top left-hand corner, isn't it? I, mean, I suppose the idea is uh, the, Bar- the Barcelona idea is if you've got the ball, they can't score. But mm. if you've got the ball and then you make three mistakes, yeah. Does yeah. not, what are you going to do? Well, yeah. we did have the ball for their second, didn't we? And then 10 seconds later, mm. the one, the one thing I hate end. is when they start playing out of defence. But sometimes you just need to hoof it, and you know that we get caught out sometimes doing that. You know, we're not we're not a Barcelona. We can't do that. <laughs> this is Luton. this is Luton playing down in Reading. On, you know, it's pissing down a rain, and mm-hmm. <laughs> the ball goes about three yards. <laughs> but if, if you look at it, you know, it, it, I think as it goes on, it's shown more and more the difference between Championship and League One. You know, a lot of the things that have happened, we get away with in League One, but now we're just mm. punished. I didn't think that the, I didn't think the step up would be so vast to be honest I was I'm surprised really yeah to it's where been, we were to where we are now it's yeah, been so it's, long since I've been in this division yeah, exactly. that I can't remember really and football moves on anyway doesn't it but yeah. I'm just yeah I'm, I'm, I am actually surprised at how ruthless this division is well we're effectively four league positions above where we were last season but like you say the football mm-hmm. does not stand up to be a four league position so last season was an unbelievable season not just for Luton but for the top five or six the fact that that division went down to the last day was incredible and all those teams that were so good and any one of them could have gone up to now find yourself in this division and just um, yeah one one mistake goal but at the minute it's two three mistakes and a goal well Barnsley are also showing that aren't they they came up alongside us and they're rooted to the bottom of the table mm. just to point at someone that no one in his own household is even aware of who it is to be honest I, ne- I never I never never thought about budgets and money but it does make a difference doesn't it you, you think oh it's a ball and there's 11 players you know and we came up as champions and we're not looking championship form at the moment are we just Really struggling. And Having said that, I don't. There's not many teams where I thought they've they're so amazing. They've mm. battered Luton. It's usually that they do the basics really, really well, mm. and then they'll punish you when there's a opportunity. So yeah. the and Fulham if they are struggling. They bring twenty million pounds worth of talent. Off the well, I was just thinking the Fulham game. Mitrovic scored a hat trick. He did bugger all else. Mm. <laughs> I was watching him, thinking, "What? How is he this good? Yeah. But he's that good because he." Three chances he got goal. Yeah, Forest were like that, weren't they? Yeah. And he's also that good because he's got twenty million pound winners setting him up. Mm, yeah, they mm. they were lively, weren't they? You know that front three. Yeah. Oh. Mm. We've only got to play them one more time this season. That is for sure. So where are we on the season as a whole, then, chaps? Obviously, we're fourth from bottom as we sit here right now. Me personally, if we're there in May, I'll I'll sign start up for it right start now. The season, Kev, I'll take that. But are we happy with what we've seen where we are overall? Not for not just the Reading game, but prior to that. I um, I would take fourth from fourth from bottom now. Uh, nine Luton, we're probably going to the last day of the season, having to win. We've done that so many times in the past. Um, yeah, but I take fourth from bottom. 
James, you're probably the best one to actually say this because you're, you know, when you're in the press box, you're more balanced. Um, I'm guessing that everyone around you, from a Luton connotation, is up and down when we're scoring and conceding, but you can kind of be slightly more level. Where do you see these 16 games as a collective, not as an individual? Well, until you got to the last two games, uh, the most recent games, sorry, there was always something to um, say, well, they've done this well and, you know, it's a learning curve, it's a steep learning curve, they played well here, they fought back there, um, the, the wins were very good, obviously. Uh, it's just the abject nature of the last two performances when there, it was just, there was nothing. Like the Reading one in particular, they didn't have a single shot on target in the whole second half. The goalie didn't have a thing to do, I don't think. I, mean, I think he barely even touched the ball. So um, that those two are the concerning ones. But if you're looking at it on the whole, I think everyone, us three around the table anyway, at the beginning of the season said, one place above relegation is success. That's where they are at the moment. So really it's on track. Um, the, the, the thing, I suppose, is... Uh, what effect it has to the feel-good fact that you've had for two seasons, what it does to people, because now they're in losing ways. And it's not just two seasons. It's every season since they've come up from the conference because they've been challenging or trying to challenge for promotion. They've not been getting battered every week. Mm. So it's been a long, long time since this has happened and what that does and what that seems to be doing. And, yeah, you only really have maybe social media to judge it and it's not the best of, mm. <laughs> best method to judge it but people are absolutely losing their minds and you're like if, if you were like us at the beginning of the season and you thought one place above relegation is success what do you think that means that that means you're going to lose a hell of a lot of games mm. if, as long as as long as they correct what has gone wrong in the last two games where there was nothing no hope whatsoever and there's a bit more effort and something to grab onto a good performance where they've tried then you'll take it but if, it, if that carries on the last two games carries on then it'd be a bit of an issue yeah I, th- I think kind of what you're saying is that the head of the worm on the graph is pointing down rather than up which is probably the concern at this stage I'm glad you brought up social media reaction because a lot of the hoo-ha on that social media reaction centred around the manager and in particular a statement that he made I can't remember if it was after Nottingham Forest or after Reading, but it was after one of the two, that the town are in a relegation battle. Mm -hmm. Now, there was an awful lot of surprise on social media that he said this. I didn't personally see it, and anyone who reads your website will know that because I put it in writing as well. But he's right, yeah? Yeah, we are in a relegation battle, and and realistically, anybody thought differently uh, was dreaming, I think, to be honest with you. Um... Yeah, you know, we're in it, and to a large extent, it's our own fault. You know, some of the mistakes we've made and some of the goals we've given away, fine. But I think you've got to be positive, and you've got to back the team and the manager. I mean, I've I've seen messages calling for his head. People have got it's crazy. Yeah. You know, realistic. I mean, you know, as we've said here before, I'm, I'm, I've got back a longer than you guys as a supporter. And I remember I, probably I'm, our best manager is right, David Pleat. When he first took over the side, the first season in the same division, we were struggling. We avoided 
relegation by the skin of our teeth. And then the following season, I think we finished in the top six. Mm. Now, um, Pleat, if he was around today, and that, they'd be calling for his head, you know? But Pleat was given time. Yes, there were some people. I mean, one of our old managers got it right, and he said, football supporters are donuts. You know? <laughs> um, and you have, and, and people don't have any patience. People have got to be realistic. You know, when you, when you look at it, and, and we've already talked earlier about um, possible limitations on the transfer budget in our in the, in, in the January transfer window. Um, if we were to sack Graham Jones and pay him off, it'd have an even yeah. worse impact on the club. Yeah. You know, and, and then another manager has to come in and, and start from scratch. It takes time. And even the most successful managers you know it, it, it takes them time mm. you know um, it sometimes doesn't work I mean yeah, our old friend the other Mr Jones it did exactly work out for him at Stoke and look we'll at come the, on to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and look at the saviour at Tottenham now Jose Mourinho his uh, tenure at Manchester United wasn't exactly uh, a bundle last for them was it mm. so I think Graham is was only being honest. He was only being honest. You have to say, you know, and we need to back the guy. You know, if he'd have sugar-coated it and said, no, 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 they'd have been calling him out for uh, bullshitting, basically. Mm. So, you know, today's modern football managers can't win. Kev, no. 16 games in, and you call him for his head? Um... <laughs> I'm not like Tony. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I remember the, the, the when David. Okay, let, let me ask you a different question. Yeah, have on. you got concerns about him? Yeah, I have. I, I, I think sometimes he he probably says too much. He should keep his maybe his thoughts closer to his chest than coming out. Um, yeah, we are in a relegation fight. We are. You can see that. Um, I I'm a little bit worried. I I, I think that. I can't see anything changing, to be honest with you. I think we're going to... When we've got Leeds coming up on Saturday, I just think we're going to get hammered on Saturday, to be honest with you. Don't worry, these two thought Bristol City were going to hammer us. <laughs> well, I hope I'm wrong, I really do, but um, I'm a Luton sport, so I'm pessimistic. Um, I don't know, um, you I think... You have to roll it down, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, from where we've come, come from, from the conference, you know, what could be worse if we did get relegated? It's back to League One again, but... Um, I don't know. I think sometimes he. Co- I don't read his statements on purpose because I'll just get too wound up about it. But um, I think sometimes when he when he comes out with these things, perhaps I don't know. Perhaps he's being too honest with himself. Maybe I know he's probably self-critical. Um, I think he should just keep it a little bit, a bit back a little bit, give a bit of hope. Um, if you turn around at this stage and say we're in a relegation fight, yeah, okay, well you know we are, but do you really have to say it? You know, if you turn around and say, look. You know, we're working as hard as we can. We're going to turn this around. Keep with us. Maybe, maybe when somebody's turned around and said, uh, "Never too high, never too low." But to play devil's advocate, though, if we did that, would there be then people going, "Does the man not know we're in a relegation battle?" You would get. You would get. You can't. You can't. You can't win. You no. can't win. I, I know that. I, I accept that. I think. Uh, I think sometimes though, he's got to remember he's at Luton. Um, we've got a very small budget. Um, 
and it is going to be a battle. We all know that. I think there's a lot of people that have come back into the club, supporting the club, that haven't been down the conference, haven't been down when we were down there for five years in hell, literally. Um, and most of us at the moment are still, I'd say, still optimistic, put it that way. But if we get to around Christmas and we're still getting hammered, just the nature of football fans, supporters will, I think, they eventually will turn. And that's a shame, really, because, you know, it's... But that's the nature of the beast. It's a results-driven business, isn't it, at the end of the day? It is. Uh, James, you're in these press conferences when he says these things. Is it, do you kind of squirm with anything that he says? In particular, when he, when he discusses the players, there's a lot of sort of reaction that he, for the want of a better phrase, digs them out. I have to say, I kind of look at it from a different point of view, but how do you look at it sitting there listening to it? I don't know if he's dug anyone out... <laughs> Frequently, well, the, the he? he said the there was was the biggest criticism was when he said we need Izzy Brown to survive. Yeah, and people took that that he's saying the other players aren't good enough. Whether he well, did it, mean that yeah. or didn't, that that was the the general sort of consensus. <clears throat> I think that that's a, another case if you just can't win because the, the the bare facts of it, the stats of it, are that he's the main creator in chief. He's top of the tree in the league. And when he was out of the team in the last game, they didn't have anything. They had nothing going forward. Well, that forward. was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah. They proved it. They, they absolutely proved it. Had absolutely nothing going forward. So, you know, you, you can you could not like it, but it's a fact, it's true, and it's been borne out by that game, the stats. Um, so I had no problem with them saying it because... You know, if you've got two eyes in your head and you're at the game and you're watching him, he's brilliant. He's great to watch. He's creative. He runs at people. He's got a wonderful cross. He's got an eye for a through ball. He, he should probably have a pop once a, once in a while when he's around the edge of the box and might score a goal. But um, he's class apart. Um, so I've got absolutely no problem with him saying that. I don't. If you're reading into it that the other players aren't good enough. Then that's your own sort of reading. I think he's saying that 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 guy is going to, you know, get us where we need to be. You know, who who else is going to come in at the minute and and play it? He's he's put a goal scoring poaching six yard box striker as a number ten in his place. When you would argue that maybe Elliot Lee or George Monker or Luke uh, Berry could play there. Yeah, I think if we pick it, I'm picking up what, what's going on with those Yeah, that's, that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? What, what is happening with those? But then if you go back 12 months, maybe not 12 months, maybe 9 months, people were asking why Elliot Lee was playing in our League 1 team because mm. he wasn't effective. You know, I'm just, as yeah. a collective, I'm not saying it's an individual. Well, Elliot Lee sees himself as a 10 and I don't. I think he's another 6-yard player. He's in the box knocking him in. I mean, he can score from range as well we know we've seen that but and as for the other two just playing devil's advocate like, like you did you know Barry came on against Cardiff played in that game was yeah, heavily was critical um, yeah exactly was heavily critical from Luton fans at the time because he gave away the foul that Cardiff scored their winner from and didn't stop the cross coming in you know people got short memories there I don't know and George Moncur's Came but when he a went, few times, but, and he also hasn't really contributed too but, much to the cause. Berry back up at Cardiff for the cup game. That was very good. It was wonderful. But what what did we really play there? I know I know Graham Jones wanted to go there and see what we learned and everything else, but they only played what one, two of the of the side that we lost to in the league. 
And even James Jervis scored that night, may I just... <laughs> he did. Remind you, sort of thing. He did, he did. Ironically, um, from Barry's through ball. But it showed some versatility from, from Barry because we've all seen him more of as an attacking role and he was sitting there spraying the balls about. But So if James does see him in that defensive midfield role, then you can understand why Barry isn't getting a chance, can't you? Because he's got Craney there, he's got Butterfield there, albeit we criticised in the last podcast that he doesn't use Butterfield perhaps as much as we think he should do. And also Tony Cliff and Pelly can play there. So you can, if he sees him as that position, mm. you can kind of see why he's not giving Barry a chance. Uh, I would hope that he's now after the Reading game had two weeks to analyse that James Collins is not the answer for that position and so you've got to try something else um, it just it did not work uh, and if he, if he plays there again I'm not entirely sure then I, then you'd have to start questioning it I think the rationale was that you get you know you're going to get 100% work rate from James Collins but you know you're in a division now where the, the quality is so much better if if he's if he doesn't play that role regularly and he looks really frustrated as well on the pitch, then it's it's not going to work. Mm. I think the other reason why Collins played in that role, I don't know if you saw it after the Notts Forest game, but there was a sort of analysis piece doing the rounds on social media, and it, and it actually went into Izzy Brown's. I know he's only on pitch for half now, but the way he utilises and keeps the defensive midfielder of the opposition team quiet. Mm. And I guess that's why they use Collins there, because his defensive work. I know, as it turned out, he was defending far, far, far too deep. Yeah. But there was a... I could see the kind of logic to it. And when you put these things in place on a, on a whiteboard, it doesn't always work out on the pitch. But on the whiteboard, so, so to speak, I could see why he did that, even though it didn't work out. Mm. Do, do you think... Well, going back to, to Graham Jones again, do you think that the, the Luton support haven't really taken to him after Nathan Jones was a completely different character and with what looked like um, to us anyway in J Block where, where I stand uh, with Sluger where he wouldn't drop him and just kept playing him playing him and playing him playing him until then he put I think in the end that he had to you know put Shay in um, he's not really in, what's the word endowed himself to, to the Luton support I don't think I think it's I don't know I don't know what it is I know is this a he doesn't clap fans no 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 no, 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 I'm I'm not, no I don't want to ever see that ever again because yeah, that exactly. is so is false that why but Nathan Jones was so I don't know I, I, I don't know yeah. maybe it's because he's you know he's a bit we saw through it <laughs> I don't know because if the results start changing and then maybe you know it'll be it'll be fine. I just think uh, he's not really Luton fans are not really taken to him. They're just they like anything he says, they're not listening, and you know they've. That's why you got all these opinions coming through, and it just seems to me that he's a bit stubborn and he won't listen. He you know he will stick with that no matter what you know. And Sluger Sluger was the. The case in point, really, wasn't it? He would not drop him, even though he's making howlers, and you know. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, James, you mm. you probably know him better than me. I, mean, I don't know the guy <clears> at all, but well, I mean, we, we've spoken to him as well. You guys have spoken to him as well. He speaks. He speaks very well, and I like what he says about football. I can't. I, I can't personally legislate for any of that sort of uh, feeling from from the crowds, really, about. I don't know how that they would come to that conclusion, really, because you'd only really see him on the touchline and kind of throw it over the other mm. side of the pitch. And yeah, he's a bit more muted in his reaction, but that's fine. 
I think he has been. <clears throat> he has celebrated when they've won. It's just mm. that they've not won a lot. I think. No, I don't. I don't mean. I mean, I, I just think it, 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 there's there's not. There's not the connection. I don't know what I'm trying to say, really. He doesn't come like, across as a passionate kind of guy, doesn't he? He's just a thinker. Yeah, you know, he thinks. I mean, when, when we met him and we had the conversation, I mean, I, I meant what I said at the time. I could sit and listen to him talk about football all day. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, he knows more about the game than. He's an engaging guy, I think. I enjoy speaking to him. He just needs time. Yeah. It's like he's kind of the sort of captain of a ship of sort of lots of analytics that are fed into him and then he kind of processes them to get the right combinations and things in terms of the football itself. Whereas that wasn't the case under previous managers, was it? They all took on everything themselves. They did everything themselves and everything that, that they put forward, you could tell, was was their own whereas this is a, more of a collective combined under him sort of thing in his press conferences yeah it is I, I also sometimes think that uh, if you're talking about players having to get used to step up then you've also got to have you've got to say that about some fans you know if you've been knocking around in the non-league for a long time and before that relegation 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 then it takes its toll on you and 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 what works in the conference um, is not going to it's not going to cut the mustard in this division. It's the fifth richest division in Europe, and there's got international players. And as we've already discussed, the quality is far it, it far exceeds what I thought that we were going into the beginning of the season. So to have the John Steele mentality of manager, I don't think that's going to work anymore. And you've got you've got to adjust your own. Uh, opinions on that and uh, football moves on the way that it's played clearly is far different from League One because of the results I think what he, uh, what's happened as well he's he, he, he obviously coming and he's, he's looked at a successful League One side and he, he knows that that team couldn't wouldn't have been able to cut it in the Championship mm. he's trying to change it so that it will but he's restricted on what he can bring in Mm. and you know everybody thinks we're in the championship we're going to get all this money we are going to get money you know we're going to get a bigger slice of the pie but the thing is what people forget is we don't get that now Mm. that will come at the end of the season so 2020 have got to put more money in to afford players but obviously, as I said, we're limited on the budget, mm. so it's going to be a gradual process. Yep. You know, he's not going to be able to put out a team of, you know, d- uh, championship winning winners straight away. You know, we have got to slowly work and earn the right to be at that level. There will also be people who. <clears throat> You can't help but compare in football. That's why you always mm. get who's the greatest player ever to live. Is it is it Messi or is it Pele? Uh, Pele, not Pele. <laughs> Pele <laughs> but, yeah. but there will be people as well who went well. We came up from League One last time and we finished tenth or something like that. And um, um, it's different times. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. this as well because ten months ago when we drew Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup, there was a lot of people saying, "Oh, what a fantastic draw!" Because we get to compare where we are with championship sides mm. because we're going to the championship well let's look back at that Sheffield Wednesday time because 
think we all went to Sheffield Wednesday for the most boring game of football yeah. I've certainly <laughs> ever witnessed yeah. and we played them twice and we never scored no. so why are we automatically going to be finishing above Sheffield Wednesday in the championship go back further because I'm going to come on to Nathan Jones in a minute under Nathan Jones we played Ipswich in the League Cup they turned us over we're now above them in the league we played Leeds in the League Cup never even got a blow in on them mm. Mm-hmm. So if we are doing this comparison, like, which, like you say, everyone does, where on earth does Luton come out on top in all of this? And I say this as a passionate Luton fan, but at the same time, if I'm making my comparisons, as I did when I wrote a piece on your website this week, you can't only compare what comes good, you know, what you can get that's good out of it. If you're comparing, you've got to compare. And there's nothing in those three results that I've just mentioned that suggests we're better than the Championship, or even middle of the level yeah. of the championship mm-hmm. perhaps this dark cloud of CNR is uh, it it hanging over that. all of us and, and like you just... say the rain clouds as well yeah, it's, yeah. it's not helping well I, I think we're all looking towards Paracore aren't we because once we get into that ground you know it, it just cliff, opens up it? everything yeah. doesn't it and I suppose you know we're all thinking you know we should be in there now mm. I dare say you know, it's all great isn't it mm. if we're yeah. being honest and I think the club we got promoted too soon mm. and we're now seeing yeah, a year ahead of target. Yeah, and we're now seeing that, the that, that's I think that's yeah, fair comment. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on then, because coming out of Reading, well, I've created a bit of a storm from your website, <laughs> James. Coming out Still of Reading, yeah. I, can, I couldn't believe I heard it so soon. Someone was genuinely advocating, not taking the Michael or anything like that, genuinely advocating sacking Graham Jones, as we just mentioned, and bringing Nathan Jones back just got sacked from Stoke uh, got sacked from Stoke that week didn't he who do I come to first on this one I will co- I'll come to Kev actually first of all Kev the way he left would you have him back again no never Tony no it's, it's, it can never happen it, it wouldn't happen anyway anybody that suggests that doesn't understand what, what Tony was saying about the compo package you'd have to give to Graham Jones they doesn't understand about the uh, the the feeling uh, that some, some of the board have towards him, he didn't leave in a good way, and they they wouldn't take him back. You, you couldn't trust him no. as well. You could not trust the guy. You know, you never know. Like, every time uh, the players had a day off, you'd be thinking, "Where is he? Who's he talking to?" No, I I, I wouldn't. It, it, unfortunately, you know, when the guy was here. And you know, we you met him a few times, and he come across as a, as, as a good guy. Mm. And you know, you, you you thought he was sincere, and he you know all all the chest thumping and everything. He thought genuinely he, he loved Lou. Well, and the rhetoric then, as well that he was not, building a club. But it's coming out of the, the fact that he was talking to Stoke um, before official talk started. Mm. Um, you know, and and the fact that he it's come out that he'd been and spoken to other clubs as well. You know, I'm, I'm not saying the whole period while he was manager was bad. He obviously, you know, took us on from John Steele when he changed the culture within the club and set up a lot of good things. But that took time as well. Yeah, by exactly. The way. We're only sixteen it, it games in. Time. You know, I, I can remember. You know three months into his reign and it was like oh god what have we done let's get rid of him and, you know, well, the same the same the same group of vocal donuts <laughs> you know um, 
But honestly, I, I, I agree with the guy. I, I, as I said, he, he's Burnish Bridges. Mm. I mean, um, nobody begrudges anybody moving on for the right reasons and trying to better themselves. Um, I think Stoke have got a lot to answer for here because, you know, I can't tell them how it was done without an official approach to them, you know, you, you, tapping up. I don't know. Mm. Um, but also the fact that, you know, it's come out that people from that family were here, came to a Luton game under false names. You don't As think that they were guests. Mrs. Jones? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the fact that he gave the players some days off and he told the club he was going to Brighton when it turned out he was up talking to Stoke and then the final nail in the coffin for me was the absolutely crass thing he did where he accepted that monthly award wearing Stoke top I agree now anybody with a, an ounce of common sense would have thought I'm accepting this as I was the manager of that club at the time so um, I think I'd better put on the top that hasn't got this badge on it yeah. you know because anybody who didn't know the score would have looked at it and, and, and thought oh we should want something for Stoke for being Stoke and, and, and I thought that was just classless mm. totally totally classless I agree it was lashing down the rain when I heard this comment after the Reading game otherwise I would have stopped and said you know do you remember that this is a bloke that you know got his manager month thing in a Stoke shirt it's not like, like you to be quiet well, okay. I was cheesed off like you cold and just wanted to get in a car and come home but so we take we've tackled this from a emotional point of view what about a football point of view James I made the case in the piece that I wrote on, on your website he's managed at this level for 30-35 games took him 30 league games to pick up a fourth win yeah. with Stoke City side who I don't think any Luton fan can disagree player for player has a much better squad than what we do certainly a much bigger budget than we're ever going to have 30 games to win a fourth league game now bearing in mind these people that are caught or individuals the ones that still think that Nathan Jones has a future here are obviously against Graham Jones Graham Jones picked up his fourth win as a Luton manager after 12 games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to be fair to Nathan, he had a better win record than Boris. <laughs> there aren't too many people that don't have a better win, win uh, record than Boris. But just from a footballing yeah. point of view, it makes no sense. I it also does, yeah. highlighted the big games that Jones was Nathan Jones was in charge of yeah. us. And that's, that's the eye. And they do not... They do not come out yeah. looking good, no. and we've got thirty huge games coming up. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the eye opener. I think um, there's so many moving parts in all of this. Uh, you could say that Nathan Jones, and as I've said earlier in this podcast, Luton are still trying to figure out how to be a team and play without the fullbacks. Nathan Jones had two Premiership quality fullbacks. Mm. One were, which he didn't utilise until Potts got injured last yes, season. Yes, Dan, Dan Potts was the main man, wasn't he? Um, and so that was a major part of the way Luton played. But Luton kicked on after he left. They played better. They went on that 28... I mean, they'd started the 28-game run. Um, I, I, I can't countenance anyone who was here last season that would that would think that that would be a good idea <laughs> you look at it as well with Nathan Jones everything was the diamond 
the diamond was the be and all and end all and everything had to revolve around this system the diamond which didn't work to start with and people exactly. that's like we said they were getting the arm with, with, with Graham Jones you can see that um, he utilised the diamond but he utilised other systems as well and one of the main differences that I've picked up on Nathan, when the diamond wasn't working, he didn't really know what to do. Mm. Whereas Graham Jones, you've seen, he's changed things and it's it, it's turned the game around. Maybe not necessarily picked up a win, but generally when he's changed it around, we've performed better. Yeah. I'm thinking of uh, QPR, for example. Yeah. You know, so oh, there's a lot of evidence of that when yeah. we could see that the first goal got back into a game and then killed ourselves again and yeah. lost. You know. Or Bristol, where he just went, oh, we'll have a three, three man defence. With then. Brainy, it was yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he talked about it before we even saw him kick a ball. He talked about this adaptability that you need for the championship, and he's shown that. Whereas Nathan Jones, he's come in and he's not cut the mustard in the championship, and if he gets another job, he's going to have to go back to square one. You know who's going to? There's, you know, possibly because Portsmouth aren't doing so well. There's that job that's look is possibly the only bigger one that you could get from. Yeah, because he's missed out on the one up the road, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, you know, he's that's not a big job, though, is it? No, it's a job. That's all. You know, it hasn't worked out for him. He's going to have to go back lower than what Luton are probably. I can't see. No, well, not now. He's missed out on the Barnsley job. Who's well. gonna? Who's gonna? Yeah, who's gonna? I mean, I'm hoping he gets. He, or, or I hoped he'd got the Cardiff job, because as I said, those facts that I've just highlighted would suggest that with every chance finishing above them, mm. Addy have done so. So it was annoying that Neil Harris got there, although he's not incredibly tested. Also, if you're going to compare the two, uh, we've heard from actual uh, from the Stoke camp and ex Stoke players that have said. Jones went in there and did what he did at Luton, just went, right, you, 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 do this. I'm the big man here. We're going to play this diamond, and that's how it's going to be. Uh, and that didn't cut the mustard with the Stoke players who'd been in the Premier League. And uh, Whereas Jones has had vastly more experience of top-flight football. Graham Jones. Graham Jones, sorry. Too International Jones. football. You know, the... Belgium are star-studded. They, if if they wanted to be, I have no uh, no intelligence on this whatsoever. But if they wanted to be a bunch of prima donnas, you could well uh, you could well see how they would be. And um, he, he he helped get them to third in the World Cup. So uh, 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 and another reason why <laughs> I couldn't see Luton. Uh, sacking Graham Jones at the moment is because they courted him for so long that was the man they wanted that's the man they believed in and they're realists they know that look, this division is a massive step up it's going to take some time you know he's done some good things there's a lot of defeats which people aren't used to and they're probably angry but um, it, it, it makes no sense to me to sack Jack Graham Jones and bring Nathan Jones back it wouldn't happen to, to, yeah, to go back to the original question, not as a coach or a manager, maybe when we need a new kit man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the bloke does run through his veins, doesn't it? Um, yeah, no one's, no one's taken away the job that he did do for us, but if you want us to stay in the Championship, yeah. all the football evidence suggests Nathan Jones is not the man to do it. But go on the Lutonian.com and read your um, good column there, because it's, uh, it's set a few... Instead, <laughs> if you catch someone's pigeons, in his in his tactful way, yeah, it's, very, it's a very well well written piece, and I, I I urge you to try and argue anything about what, the facts that Kev's presented. I must admit, it? when I read it, I did uh, smile. Yeah. Put that on my CV. Very well thought. <laughs> um, let's move on. Um, Quick thing on Harry Cornick, actually. We've not mentioned him in this podcast. This time last year, if he'd gone through on goal, I'd have shut my eyes, said a prayer, and opened them and hoped that he scored. Now, though, when he goes through on goal, do you believe he's going to score? Yeah. Mm. He's, he's worked looking, on it he's a lot. far more the part this season. Mm. You know, and, and um, I think the one goal, to be honest, that really impressed me was that header. Against West Brom, cracking goal. But you can see that, that, that it, yeah, he's still blowing a bit hot and cold, fading out of games coming in. But again, he's got to grow into the part. See, I like but the Birmingham he, goal. Yeah, he, he, he's he's got. I mean, he, he, the goal against Bristol as well. He showed his pace there. Yeah, yeah. those two goals actually in particular, because they're the ones that, if he had time to think about twelve months ago. He'd make completely the wrong decision and a dog's dinner of them. But well, it's all about confidence, isn't it? Authority, yeah, they? confidence in players, um, and they grow into the into the game as the game goes on, and then grow into the league. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Where we're going to go? I just hope he gets gets a few on Saturday. Yeah, it's a sign of an improvement from fire from working with the coaching staff, though. I think. You spoke to him after that Birmingham game, I think. Yeah. And he recognised that? Yeah, well, he, even he said last season that he knew that he had to do more work on that. It's not his natural game. He was more of a winger, wasn't he, really? Um, you can see why, because he's got all that pace. But um, he's swaying with some goals this season, and much needed they are, because uh, it can have, they're going to have to come from all over the place, because... My memory's a bit rubbish at the moment because uh, of uh, having a newborn baby and not sleeping much. But the, the it's terrible that you've blamed that. <laughs> Never had a good memory. Yeah. It's even worse at the moment. But the he Harry Cornick thrived off the counter-attacking football that Luton played. And was it? It was Forrest, wasn't it? Who just came to Kenner and Thread and went have the ball then <laughs> and sat back. And then Luton went, oh, oh, oh don't know what to do now. <laughs> um, and that nullified everything that uh, makes Harry Cornick an exciting player. So that was a strange tactic. But that's another thing you've got to get used to, isn't it? Because Luton would just go out and blitz teams and um, they could, you know, wait for, wait for teams to come forward and make a bit of a mistake. But you've got a team like Nottingham Forest that goes, well, come on then. <laughs> you've got no answer. <laughs> you've got no answer. So, uh, yeah, it's. Um, it's tough up here. I don't think we're going to get that on Saturday, though, Tony. Moving this on to where uh, the games that are coming up. Can't see Leeds United coming to Kenworth Road and, um, well, for the want of a better phrase, parking the bus. No, I can't either. Um, I might hope they do. Because yeah, there's a bit I'll, of I'll, I'll, pessimism I'll, around this table about what yeah, we're going to get out of it. But I don't. <laughs> 
I don't expect us to get anything out of that game, if I'm totally honest. Hang on now. I, I'm not very hopeful on Saturday at all. Kev's already uh, laid his colours to the master of what could happen on uh, Saturday. Come on, James, give us some hope. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Bielsa doesn't even need to be at the training ground spying on Lewin for this one He's, I think it'll be a straightforward win for Leeds unfortunately please 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 let that be the same but it's a free, it is a free hit that is one thing I think if everybody expects that then you know you can, you can be disappointed at losing of course you can because you like to win but um, if you if you don't expect them to win then maybe it takes a bit of the pressure off mm. a bit of the shackles who knows yeah, you know? yeah. it's going to be a good atmosphere that's for sure because we have played Leeds for blooming ages so. <coughs> yeah it's always a good atmosphere when Leeds come yeah. and the last time they did come in the league game of course they got well and truly done up with their tail between their legs and um, yeah in terms of where our season lies though Tony perhaps Tuesday night's a bigger game than Saturday because yeah. not only is Charlton a game that you would imagine we could win but I know they've started well but they're probably going to be in and around the bottom six or seven come the end of the season yeah um, I think this is definitely one where we we need to pick up three points um, they are beatable but at the same time they've picked up some really impressive results Charlton um, so I find that this game is it, it's going to be a, a bit difficult to call more uh, confident on that one Kev? yeah I think we can get a draw I, I there I reckon I am more confident yeah. on that so yeah. Yeah. yeah they'll be looking for a draw <clears throat> that's the serious game of the two isn't it it is serious but the, um, they absolutely dominated Luton last season in that game with ended the unbeaten run that was at their place it was at their place but I was very impressed with them they were powerful and strong and quick and, yeah, and they've got a striker that falls over in the box <laughs> funnily enough you say it was never a penalty as I was waiting for uh, James Brinsley and Bolton to come up when I did the special podcast and thanks for everyone for their feedback on that um, I was talking to Mick his, you know Mick's sort, of, Mick's sort of desk is just outside the media room and we were chatting about you know where the end of last season and things and Mick's still saying oh, it was never a penalty it's never, it still hasn't forgotten so <laughs> it's, uh, obviously a key thing um, Brentford away following game I think that's a hard game I think Brentford are a good side uh, possibly one of the best footballing sides in the division so um, it depends are we going to be tight enough against them are we going to compete if we compete I think we're capable of getting a point down there echo that you know, I think we're going to take a lot, a lot down there. I think we'll you know, have a really good atmosphere down there. And I, I, hmm, maybe some hope. I'm interested that we're going there, actually, because mm. when we went there in the last game in the League 2 relegation minus 30 season, all I remember them hearing is, uh, we'll never play you again. Well, funnily um, enough, yeah. gents, you are going to play us again. <laughs> James, there's not many, many times that um, at this time of year that I wouldn't rather be in the press box than the stands, but given that there's four pubs, one on each corner down there, that's very much one of them. Yeah. What are you expecting? And you can't get your legs in the seats at Griffin Park. It's very cramped. <laughs> um, I'd take a draw. Yeah, An optimistic right. draw. That's better than that. Uh, and some of the games uh, another game following that is a huge game for our season Wigan at home another one that we need to be looking at winning. and I think we I think we will win it 
One nil Luton. Yeah, I think I think we've got to start trying to um, try to tighten up at home and, and nicking some stuff at home yeah. and see how see where that takes you for starters. Um, you've got to try and get that confidence back. So I think that's probably a, that's probably a game that you can do it. You know, it, you know, if they go and do it against Leeds, then all bets are off, really. Isn't it? But um, I can't see that. So yeah, Wigan. I'll go one nil. Game following that, probably had the edge taken off of it with um, James being sacked. But that's probably another game that we need fear too much. Stoke away. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and another one which could define yeah. our overall outcome this season. I don't know. I I I think Stoke and Huddersfield are going to get out of it now because they've swapped their managers and started yeah. well. They've had that bounce. Yeah. They've got the, they've clearly got the players that are good enough. Just something wasn't right, and now they've gone, which is a bit of a worry, really. Because still pressure on them, though. Yeah, James still a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. So um, again, I'll take a point there. And then finally, Preston away. I think the last time we went there, Kevin Nichols ended up in goal. Montgomery is good enough. We got a bit of a pace in that day, but hopefully we keep a goalkeeper in goal. And anything from that? They're right up there, aren't they, Preston? Mm. Again, they're a good side. They've got a good manager. Um, very funnily enough, Stoke were um, digging digging about one in him, weren't they? Mm. Uh, that's another d- difficult one very difficult one to call and it's uh, very hard for Luton going there again well happy with the point there yeah we went to Blackburn didn't we, we beat them mm. didn't we so that great away up in the north are we but don't know I think we'll lose that one you get anything at Preston mm, nothing short and sweet yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the upcoming six games anyway there's a good two or three there that I think the gents think that we can um, get something out of and if we do let's say we get I don't know from those six games nine points then we'll be in an alright position yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be, be, that'd be good, good. Yeah, that'd be good yeah definitely let's finish this podcast off then with uh, some updates on what the trust are doing Tony I'll put this over to you because we're a week away from our AGM yes um which is Thursday the 28th of November um, 7.30 at the John Moore Lounge at the uh, football ground so uh, trust members you please come along um, we have a round up of uh, what we've been doing this year you'll be able to um, look at and approve the accounts for the year um, you'll be able to ask questions as well and we have people standing for election so um, please come along to it um, regarding trust activity, it's um, we have got plenty of things in the works at the moment, but at the moment with preparation for the AGM and um, certain other things in the background like the continuing fight that we've got, got ongoing with a certain uh, unreasonable multinational company, um, we've, we've been concentrating on those things, but probably come the new year that's that's when we'll be launching a lot of new things um, a lot of exciting new things then um, we've been working on uh, new strategies things we're going to bring for the supporters um, the initiative of um, getting uh, our badges out to members is going very very well 
we have a continual increase in uh, membership and on the social front as well um, things are going well we're getting a lot of feedback from different people and uh, the podcast continues to go from strength to strength as well when you turn up Sorry? When you turn up then. When I turn up, I've been at most of them. <laughs> I can't help it if my health is not 100% mucky. It's not something I want. Uh, just to add to that, uh, date for your diaries uh, in the new year, 27th of January, is when we're going to host our annual quiz, which is always a popular night. Ticket details will be Good on... Ticket details will be on our website in the coming days, um, so keep that date free. And just on um, membership, Tony, this fight that we're undergoing is a strong one with CNR. The more members we can have, the stronger our voice can be. So yes. please, 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 yes. if you've not please. joined the trust already, I mean, it, it, it's less than a so. pound a month. It's uh, probably not even three pints now, is it? Uh, exactly. In, in, in kind of it, it, it gives us helps to give us a fighting fund, and it also. Um, helps to give us funding to look at ways of increasing the benefits for supporters and what you get out of it and you know you have a direct link with the club you you have a shareholding in the trust which means you have a shareholding in the football club Um, also we effectively own the image rights to the club you know so uh, the stronger we are the more effective we are. And don't forget, the club want a strong t- trust. It's what Mick wants, and what Mick wants, he generally gets. So uh, listen to Mr. Harford and join the trust. <laughs> and also in the new year, keep an eye out for some surveys that we're going to um, mm-hmm. release. We want to know your views on how we can go forward, and we want you to get involved in helping us with that. www.lutontownsupporterstrust.com to join up. Um, for the rest of this season can, and beyond. Can I just um, add one thing that I've just thought of? Um, because of what's going on with recent activity, we've had a lot of em- emails from people offering support, which we are grateful for. Um, it certainly um, helps and encourages us to know that people are behind us. We've also had people emailing us, and not just um, recently, but over the last few months, offering help and support. Uh, which is what we're grateful for at the moment and uh, yeah, what we're doing is we're, we're going to be putting together something and looking at how people can help us and those people that have offered um, their help uh, you know we will be contacting you as soon as we can and uh, looking at ways and means how you can get involved and make us uh, a, a stronger and more efficient organisation Perfect, we'll be back next month uh, thanks everyone for listening um, if you've liked what we've said and like the podcast please like, share, subscribe and everything else that you can do uh, to let us know we appreciate any comments on what we've discussed tonight there's a lot of topics that we've discussed so feel free to send us your comments and we'll reflect on those and uh, use them at the next podcast Kev, thanks for coming along and being with us keep up the good work and the good fight uh, with Lola Luton and ourselves Tony, James, I'll see you next month. See you then. Thanks a lot.